Good evening, Internet, and welcome back to listen to Kent and Chris pontificate over House of the Dragons, Episode 8, The Lord of Tides, and Kenter at Your Own Risk, Episode number 34. If you've started with us in the beginning and you've stuck with us this long, thank you for doing that. If we're just picking you up for the first time, well then, you're in for a treat. Kent, how are you doing? I'm alright, you? I had a pretty relaxing and chill week at work compared to last week, you know, dealing with the possible hurricane. So yeah, it was, it was definitely a better week. Good. I, I, well, I can't say I woke up to it because, so last night before I went to bed, I looked out my door and I saw that there was a package. I've been expecting a package. And then I was like, you know, I don't want to get something that excites me, so I'm just going to wait till I wake up, you know? So, wake up, and then get my breakfast. I open up this package from uh, Joe that did the podcast with us. I got myself a nice little treat here, let me tell you. It is... There's a trick-or-treat, like the movie. It's like a coloring book, kids' activity book, all with that theme. Um... Two odd trading cards, one with Hannibal and one with, um, I don't know, the, the what the hell is the pumpkin-headed kid in Trick or Treat? What's his name? Oh, shit. Sam? Sam, there you go. So And, and which two... which Hannibal are we talking about? The the TV series. Oh, the good one. Well, I should say the best yeah. one. Not, not, there really hasn't been a bad Hannibal yet. Right. And then the piece de resistance is a 13-day spooky countdown, kind of like advent calendar with scary Funkos. And I'm super excited to see what they look like, but I'm legit going to wait till like the 19th to start popping open the doors. So it's sounding like your Christmas came for Halloween this year. I actually thought about it. I was like, can I just unofficially move my birthday to October? Because having a December birthday sucks anyways, because nobody wants to get you two gifts, right? So if I, if I just move my birthday unofficially to October, then, you know, things are better, right? See, my grandmother had it easy because her, her December birthday was at the beginning of the month. Same thing with my uncle. But my stepmom is like four, five days before Christmas. So, yeah, she gets that whole, you know, one present kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, it, it sucks. Um, and, and to go even further with, not me, but Raylene, her birthday is one day before Valentine's Day. That sucks. Yeah, I've, I've always had a, a really big pension for October since my birthday's in, you know, October. It's a good month. If you want to come over, oh. I'll, I'll share with you. Brag right there. And it's, I think I would go... I don't know if I could choose a date. I think I'd go 29th. That'd be that one week right Halloween. after me. Yeah, sure. You got the double deuce. I could go with the reverse deuce. I, I, I think it would work. That That's... I don't know. That might be a thing next what, year. What weirded me out is my stepbrother, Jeff. His birthday is exactly two weeks before mine. You know, just... Out of oh. whatever uh, shit was going on in 1979, our parents were both all getting busy <laughs> in January that year. So, yes, that, well, except for mine because you got a year on me. Anyways, um, 
Yo, so, thanks. yeah, I know. Thanks a lot. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so, this episode was called The Lord of the Tides. Or is it just Lord of, Tide, Lord of the Tides? The. Okay, yeah, I get there that is the, the. the. There's actually um, two thes. I think, in my opinion, I don't know. There, there wasn't a lot really going on in this episode, but it was really fucking good, you know, overall. You know, it wasn't... Wasn't a lot of moving parts. There weren't a ton of scenes, but you know everything that they had going on was just really, really well done. I mean, um, we're eight episodes into a ten-episode first season, and I don't, I don't know if you'd agree with me on this. Maybe you would, but um, I really think that like all of the character interactions are just on point in this show. I would say probably better than most of the ones we got in Game of Thrones. But that's been, I would say, the majority of what we've received so far this first season. Um, and, like, a lot of the... We'll have to see, because we haven't really gotten, like, a ton of plot, if you know what I mean. Or there's been a, a few action sequences, but not a ton either. I mean, there's a a small plot, but we, we don't really have, you know, events happening I guess you would say. No, because we've had four time jumps. Is it only four? I think it's four. Yeah. So, I mean, I don't know. Because it was, what, episode one, then episode four, then five. Wait. Well, I mean, yeah. shit, we got a time jump in episode one. Okay, so, oh, I, shit, I wasn't even count that, so... Yeah. Because from three to four was the time jump too, right? Well, let's see. We had we had the time jump in the prologue in, in episode one, and then oh, actually, episode three was a time jump because, because we had the we six had months, the, or and then the the years yeah. that they've been at war. So is oh it gosh. is it what like five or six? I think we're close six or seven. Yeah. Wow. In eight episodes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's crazy. Uh, and I don't, I mean, judging from everything, I, I don't think we're going to get another time jump for a while. No, I, th- I, th- I think this is it. I think everything is going to be going, uh, unless we might get one in between like a couple seasons later on. I think like at least probably, we're probably set until season three, maybe yeah, season four. That makes sense. It's interesting looking at the uh, the ratings for each episode because, uh, you know, I mean, it's not like we've disliked any episode, but I think the episode that we all kind of disliked the most is the lowest rated. And currently this is sitting at the highest rated, but I think that's also just because it is so new. Every time something brand new comes out, usually it has a strong rating before it settles down somewhere. I don't know. Um, I mean, I could, I, could, I could hazard a guess of why everybody made it the highest rated episode so far. Yeah, yeah. Aegon's hair, right? Uh, no. Patty Considine. Uh, ah, yeah. Yeah, actually, the after the episode thing, he, he did, I mean, you know, they, they talk with some of the cast about certain scenes. Really interesting, like, listening to him talk. He's an interesting uh, dude. Well, I I guess from what I was reading that um, the scene where he drops the crown and Damon picks it up and puts it on his head was an accident 
Yeah, but they kept rolling the cameras and ended up liking it so much that, you know, that was the scene they ended up going with, with for the actual shoot. Oh, well, I'm happy because that's actually something I mentioned that on the blog. So, good. All right. I mean, uh, just so, yeah, just before we start, like, would you disagree or would you agree with uh, my earlier statement? I I think I disagree right now with the with the thought that I don't remember season one of Game of Thrones all that well. So if I, I guess I can't have an objective opinion because right now the only thing that's fresh in my mind is this, and I have nostalgia for Game of Thrones, and nostalgia doesn't mean shit as far as quality goes, especially in the early seasons. So I, I'm I'm iffy. I guess I don't disagree nor agree. I mean, just I because I don't remember. I think a lot of where I'm coming from with this though is that yeah, we had a lot of really great scenes, but we didn't have a lot of scenes where it was just kind of character development. You know, where people were just sitting down and talking because there was so much plot and so many characters and so many different areas that we needed to focus on in season one to learn. You know, where everybody was. That makes sense because I mean they've had. No matter how you look at it, a small number of quote unquote core characters and then side characters, and they've cycled through them pretty rapidly. Um, I mean, even even if we consider like, there's probably relatively about the same number of characters, you know, main characters so far. Um, there's way less locations, so. Oh yeah. I mean, you're not having to deal with like, here's only one or two over here, you know. Oh, We've got John up there, so now we're gonna have to put a bunch of characters around for John to interact with. You know, and like one of the, the scenes I remember really liking from season one, and I liked it in the book too, was when John was on the way to the wall and Tyrion and John got a chance to talk. You know, stuff like that. Yeah, I remember that. I mean, and we had a lot of great I think we got a lot of great character development scenes further on. Like once um fucking what's his name? Um the guy who played Tywin. I, for, I forgot his... Oh, gosh. I forgot his name in, in real life. Yeah, I'm drawing yeah. a blank. But, um, yeah, once he showed up, you know, we had great scenes with Cersei and him. We had great scenes, you know, with, with him and Ar- yeah, So, shit like that. But, yeah, I really think the first couple of seasons in Game of Thrones didn't have as many scenes, like, that I could point to and be like, that's an example of great acting, like House of the Dragon has so far, because it had a lot more action, a lot more plot, a lot more movement, a lot more events going on. Okay. Charles Dance. Where coming from. Damn it, yeah. I was, I was trying to find it, too. But, I mean, yeah, there's, this has been a lot more of an intimate setting because we haven't had to go from, I don't know, continent to continent to... Are, we haven't really had to learn a bunch of the families, either. We've kind of stuck to one core family with a little bit of outsider... So, it, it this is its own different beast, and I don't know. Do you think it's ever going to be able to just not be compared to Game of Thrones, or is that just always going to linger? I mean, it's always going to linger, just the same way that, um, you know, like, Rings of Power is always going to be compared to the Lord of the Rings, or the Hobbit would be compared to the Lord of the Rings, or the any of the Star Wars stuff is going to be compared to the original trilogy, or the prequel trilogy, or the sequel trilogy depending upon when you were born and you know what star wars you grew up with i mean 
it's it's just I mean it's a continuation even if it's a prequel in the same world. So I think the comparison is just automatic. Fair enough. All right. So um, just correct me if I'm wrong because you take better notes while we're watching. I think I'm a little fresher on this one though. I f- asked Krista if we could watch it this morning instead of watching it the morning after it aired. So. Uh, there's not as much time in between, but we basically open up in Driftmark with Vaymon Valerian and Rainies talking about how off-screen in the six-year time jump they haven't seen Corlys at all because he's been fighting in the Stepstones again, and he's on his way back because he's been injured and he's taken blood sickness, basically sepsis, and uh, probably isn't going to live. So now we have to call into question the legitimacy of who is going to be his heir and the heir to Driftmark. Um, we also see that Bela is there. We don't know why yet, but we find that out later on in the episode that she's been given to Rainies to be her ward, kind of as probably, in my opinion, like a hostage to ensure that there's no repercussions for the death of Laner. Um, and wait a second. When the hell did we? Was that during like the scene by the weird tree when we find that out? That she was sent to be uh, her ward. Yeah. Uh, yes. <sighs> that explains. I blanked out for like a brief, like I don't know, hot second during that scene, and I now I gotta go back to the blog because I actually openly complained. I'm like, why? Why is Damon not taking care of his girls? I, I it didn't. I was like, how'd they not explain that? But apparently they did, and I it's, blanked out. It was just like a, a throwaway line, like, because in that scene, Rhaenyra shows up with Reyna. Um, <laughs> Rhaenyra shows up with Reyna to see Rainey's. <laughs> oh, you should see my notes. They're fantastic for that. And, um, and she's like, thank you for taking care of Bela as your ward. You know, she's developed into a beautiful woman under your tutor- tutorship. And, you know, we were worried that... Uh, you know, there would be repercussions because of Laner, but you've treated her fairly, kind of blah, blah, blah. Bullshit. Okay. Um, so, so we get... Oh, go ahead. Go ahead, please interject. I, I mean, two two things I just want to... Actually, three things. All right, one, Bela's hair game is now on point. Thank you. I, I'm happy about that. Secondly, Corley's didn't just have, like, a blood... Uh, whatever, blood infection... He got his throat slashed, and I'm like, if you're going to say that he's got a blood infection, you could have done something else. Like, I'm picturing this dude getting his throat slashed. I'm like, just pick a different body part, because I'm hearing throat slash. I'm like, how's he not dead already? It just seems like a weird body part to do the cut, if you ask me. I am uh, I am so glad that you focus on some of the, <laughs> the, the uh, details you focus on, Kent. Yeah, yeah. And, uh... Then the other thing was just kind of like, so that's your explanation is that Corley's had nothing else going on. He did. He gave zero fucks about his haul after just complaining all last episode about his haul. Now he's Who's fucking murdering him. my son in my hall. All right. See right, you. Like, see you. See you, Hall. I'm not going to be back for six years, if ever. Yeah. Like, fuck y'all. And, and so I'm sitting there like. Fuck you, Hall. Yeah. Yeah. And so it's fuck y'all. Fuck you, Hall. There you go. Uh, I, I just find it weird that, like, you know, 
I, I could understand if he's gone for a couple of years, but man, he is hell bent on on that war that just never seems to want to end. So you know what it was? Is there was he every time he was in the hall, he just saw the charred body of Laner, and he was like, "I can't stay here. I've got to go kill the crab feeders." second, third, fifth, and seventh cousins who are starting to rebel again. All the crab people. Ah, oh, gosh. He, that, that, you know, and they're never going to show us any of that cool stuff. They're never going to show it because they're just not going to. But in my mind, it's still kind of cool. But I really want to know, like, if you get your throat slack, slashed, like, it couldn't have been that deep. I don't know. So but, would you say... We're never going to get it? Um, never, never going to get it? And Vogue. <laughs> Anyways. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I think like people don't realize how many people died from being hit with an arrow or being even, you know, hundreds of years later, being shot with a bullet and just getting like threads from their shirt in the wound. You know, so, so yes, the, the fact that he got blood fever isn't anything special, but the fact that, like, they chose to give it to him by slashing his throat is awkward? Do, do you think he'll... I, I think we'll see him... Well, I actually, I don't know if we're going to see him again. If we do, is he going to be able to speak? I think he's dead. I, like, I think he's... That's it. You think he's already dead? Okay. Even, even if he isn't dead, I don't think we're going to see him again. I wouldn't be surprised because they cut out the ones I love the most in this show. Well, so. I mean, he was at Driftmark. He was. I don't. I don't see us getting back to Driftmark before the end of the next two hours. We're gonna get. Probably not. Probably not. All right. So, from there, we go to uh, Dragonstone. Correct. With Damon. Damon and um, Rhaenyra. Cyrax. Yes, thank you. The, we get Cyrax had a clutch of eggs, and Damon is um, basically pulling one of them out of the. Uh, uh, what the hell would you call that? I, I have no idea. Can we call the clutch? The, maybe the, the the clutch holder. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, yeah. I mean, I'm channeling my inner slaughter and want to say, like, the Cobra Clutch or the Camera Clutch in the Iron Sheik's case. I just want to say Clutch. Yes, okay. The the Nest Clutch of Eggs, blah, blah, blah. Anyways, uh, I I thought it was, like, funny. Like, he's talking with the, the dragon... I don't even... Herder? Master? Yeah, I, servant. I don't know. And the dudes like every, <laughs> just repeating everything they say out to each other. I was like, you guys really probably haven't talked before. Have you? Yeah. Not, not good people skills. Um, so he goes in and he, uh, goes to talk with Renera and they find out that, um, Corlise is, Dying if not dead, and it apparently Vaymond is pursuing uh, his intent to inherit Driftmark, which would call Renera's two children by 
Lenor succession into doubt, which would call their legitimacy into question, which would call her legitimacy into question, which would basically just be a bunch of bad stuff for that side of the uh, Targaryen family. Technically three, right? Three, yes, three. yes, because I forgot we we get Joffrey. Joffrey's not old enough to really be hanging out, but he's a toddler and being called by name. We yeah. we get probably for the next little bit the what we're going to see would be the last incarnations of uh, Luke, Jace, Bela, Reyna, Aemond, Aegond, uh, Hyacinth, or whatever hell her name is. Helena. Helena. And, uh, shit, who was the... I think that was it for the kids. Although, uh, we're at to the point, too, where Renera and Damon have had two additional children together, and one's on the way. Wait, they had, they've had. they already had two? Yes. Alright, so, oh yeah, they had Aegon they had and Aegon Viserys, and Viserys, right? and she's pregnant again. Okay, yeah. Okay, that makes <laughs> that poor kid just looking at Skeletor. Uh. <sighs> Good stuff. Um, I think that's that seems pretty cut and dry. I mean, I don't think there's really too much to to go into. Um, I mean, quite frankly, the first I don't know first third of the episodes just centering. It's very scene centered around. This whole legitimacy in this petition. I, I mean, there's probably 12 different scenes, but they are almost all entirely centered on this. Well, not only theme. that, but they're all straightforward. Correct. I, I mean, there, there's not like there's a ton of shit to unravel. No. Uh, I mean, it was... So wait, when they arrived... Yeah, I believe Rhaenyra's then... pregnant, right? Yes. I believe then we, we next go to them arriving, Correct. Yes. Okay. Yes. So, so they've arrived at the Red Keep in King's Landing, and uh, no one is there to greet them at all. Well, Lord Caswell. And then Lord Caswell comes outside. Who the, I, have we met Lord Caswell before? I don't think we have. Uh, I don't recall writing his name down, so no? No. Okay, so we get a brand new dude... <laughs> It's the only person who comes out to say hi. And I guess, you know, Renera recognizes him and she seems to be, you know, kind of relieved to see him. But, you know, that's that's it. So they're not, I mean, they're unhappy, but I don't. I think they kind of expected that because they've known yes. Viserys is sick. Um, so then the next scene we get is them inside the Red Keep remarking upon how most of the Targaryen heraldry and art and tapestries and knickknacks and their history has been removed from the walls and the rooms and we now have a bunch of I guess heraldry iconography yeah. maybe because it's religious iconography for the the seven around everywhere and Damon still doesn't want to see the tapestries he still nope he he does not or the drapes he has, well he Damon hasn't been offered to see the tapestries by Harrison Ford. So, I mean, that's... A, yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah, it, it, it is interesting. And, he, you know, I knew there was something different, but really, it, a lot of the stuff, 
like they even comment on it, but doesn't like it didn't really click with me for a while as to what exactly was so different. Yeah, I, I mean, uh, dude, I'm not gonna lie. I mean, I wasn't. I couldn't tell if we had already seen that hallway before or if it was a different one, and they're just trying to remark in it, general. You know, if they exactly if they had shown us like one of the rooms that we had spent a lot of time in, like Viserys' room, or maybe like outside of Rhaenyra's hallway where we had a couple scenes and kind of shit, it would have made sense more. But you know, it looks like a generic uh, stairway hallway kind of greeting yeah, chamber. It looks like part of the yeah. damn castle or whatever. So you. It's kind of unremarkable in the sense that we don't have much to compare it to. So, like, for all their effort, the best thing we can pick up on is the, you know, Alicent really is in on this whole seven gods thing. Which is, I guess, are they trying to represent that that Viserys wasn't really into the seven? Or, I don't really understand why, why the change. Um. Well, yeah, I would. The the seven were new gods, you know. You know how they talk about the old gods and the new. Yes. So the the seven were the new gods. The old gods were the you know the the ones that like they worshipped in the north. You know, like thinking that the oh. the were trees were gotcha. gods and stuff. But I mean, I think there were several Targaryens in the past who like thought themselves divine. So. That doesn't seem surprising at all. Yeah. So, I mean, I would imagine that... And I, I think there's parts in the book where they... It might have been their descendants, uh, but, like, they basically had to go to war with religion in order to, you know, um, beat them into submission. Right. I mean, they didn't have the power that Cersei did to just shut that shit down. Well, I mean, the only reason she shut it down was because she murdered everybody. But, you know, literally literally one of them, maybe Magar, you know, actually went to war on the church and, like, fi- like physical war. You know, armies and shit going back and forth against each other. Oh. Well, that... That's fine. Is that all in this, uh, the book that this is based on? The, the yes, history? yes, but I don't remember if it was pre... The, I think it's post this. Because this is like this is like Kings five, six, and seven since the founding. You know, I think. Oh, okay. And Daenerys would have been the seventeenth. That makes sense. Um, yeah. So I mean, and like I get that they they've changed little bits about and pieces in here. So um, yeah, I whether or not this was something that actually happened in the book too i don't know um you know i don't know if she became pious or if it was just a way to kind of more firmly entrench people's you know separate the targaryen from uh the ruling of the realm kind of shit no idea but um so after we get that scene uh Small council time. Was it a small council? I didn't remember if it was with, that. Or with our it. boy, Lyman Beesbury. Yeah. I mean, this is the second episode <laughs> in a row where he actually got to say something. He he is he now it may he may be in my top five because he's just an old dude just 
rambling on. And he's is he the master of coin? I'm guessing, right? I, I don't think so because he was on it when Corley's was the master of coin, wasn't he? Uh, e- I don't remember. E- no, he was. I don't know. Actually, you could be right. I don't know. Either way, he was talking a lot about money. So I'm going to call him the master of coin unofficially. He's the master of rambling. He's awesome. He's like he really is. He's like an Almond Brothers song. He's the rambling man. <laughs> oh, we got references tonight. Anyways, um, so we can definitely see that Otto has yanked a lot of the reins of state, and so has Allison. But um, you know, when when uh, one of the King's Guard comes in and lets them know that. The guests, yeah, the guests have arrived, and I was like, "Oh, did you greet them with all the appropriateness that they were supposed to receive?" You know, nobody. And he's like, "Yes, yes, my lord, hand." You know, so is yeah. it funny to you in some way that, like, so I mean, technically, Al- Allison has. Well, I don't even know who has more power between her or Otto because hand. I don't know who's more powerful. Uh, I guess it depends on what subject. But it's like Allison just really could care less, and Otto is just like all in at all times. Like I want to be doing small council and doing business stuff at all times. Uh, it's just a very interesting. Uh, uh, I mean, I, I would say I think that for the most part he probably defers to her in a lot of like shit when it doesn't matter. But like when push comes to shove, shove, who's the one who sits on the throne in the King's absence? It's not her. Yeah. I could see him being like, Hey, be quiet. Men are talking here. I could totally see Otto I mean, being that dude to be, to be completely honest. I think that's his whole fucking problem. Like, I don't think he ever intended to, you know, rebel against Viserys or any of that shit, but, you know, the fact that he's like, hey, dude put his daughter in charge, and I don't fucking, I'm not cool with that. Yeah, Otto is... So, hey, daughter, you need to go fuck the king, have some kids, and then we're gonna take over. Run shit our way. They're gonna be the new world order. (laughs) And then I can see him doing, like, the NWO chop. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Uh, all right. I, I know. I don't really think this is jumping ahead, but I just like the fact that there is a Sir Eric and a Sir Eric, and they're brothers. Yes, and she knows the difference of them, even though she confuses it, and she apologizes. So, you know, like Allison, I, I'm I'm kind of torn on her because she. She might be one of the only nobles we've seen in this current incarnation who, like, appears to even give a shit about the common people. Agreed, yes. And yet, at the same time, she's she's willing to... I mean, we know they're going to go to war, uh, you know, over succession. So... Right. Yeah, I think... And I, I think they've done a good job of making her a complex character. They, um, yeah, because there are times where I'm totally on her side, but yet then you know they kind of put her on team. 
I don't know, team bad guys that we're not necessarily rooting for, because I think we're supposed to be rooting for Rhaenyra, and especially Damon. I mean, she's she's not Cersei. I mean, let's let's make that fucking... I wouldn't say she's probably not even Caitlyn. No. No, she... She's just... She's kind of caught in the middle of a shit sandwich in some ways, but then sometimes she chooses to be the bread. Yeah, I mean, going going berserk and slashing your daughter-in-law, you know, in front of everybody. Yeah, that that was a thing that happened. So, correct me, do we go from the small council to Aegon's chambers, or do we go from the small council to Viserys', Viserys chambers? We go... Eric... Eric told her about the delicate situation in Aegon's room or apartment, but then we go to Viserys. Okay, well, that's what I thought. And, all right, I just got to say it out. All right, they did a fucking really, really good job on his makeup in this fucking episode. Yeah, he looked like Skeletor. Like, they did so much awesome stuff to him. He just looked so bad. Dude, really good job. After seeing that, I would be like, "Fuck this!" I, it's it's not good to be the king. Mel Brooks was lying. Wow. Yeah, I mean, shit. Wow. You saw the holes in his back, holes in his cheek. I bet his dick fell off, oh, missing his eye. Man. Oh, the 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 face. I, I I do love the face mask, though. I really was into that. But yeah, I, and I. I don't even. I mean, I guess they could just edit his body. I was wondering if they used the body double, or I mean, because he was so so thin here. Yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't know. I don't think it took them super long to film it, so I don't think they would have put him through the whole, hey, drop like eighty pounds of weight kind of thing. No, I, I mean, you can do so much stuff post production, and with poor lighting, you can make it look better, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So, yeah, and you feel bad. I mean, the whole time, if nothing else this episode, you feel bad for Viserys. Even though he created a lot of this, I don't know, he's still so damn likable that, I don't know, I I feel bad for him, don't you? Yeah, he's, like, like he said, I mean... Oh, I don't know if he said it, but, you know, he's basically the linchpin for this whole fucking family. And all he wants is his family to get along. And, like, the only thing that his family wants to do is not get along. They almost like they're Italian. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, I, I would agree. It's he, he knows that he's put his family first in some things. I don't know. It's just, it's got to be so mentally draining. And then the fact is, he's clearly slipping into some kind of dementia or something because he's seeing Allison as Rhaenyra and vice versa. Uh, that or his sight's really horrible, but I think it's more mental than sight. Uh, I, I would say, not, I, don't, I, don't, I mean, he's probably definitely got reduced mental facilities, you know, and whatnot. But he's also basically being given, you know, like full strength fucking opium. You know, multiple times a day. So, uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, e- even if he he his mental facilities were still there completely, 
you know, he's just so drugged up to deal with the pain that, you know, he's not there. Even if, right. even if he was able to be there. Yeah. Um, I, I liked in this scene, Damon was very, I don't want to say forceful, forceful, but like when Viserys like, no, no, Al- Allison and Otto, they handle all the business now. And Damon's like, no, you need to proclaim this, you know. I really, really, really enjoyed the interaction between Viserys and Rhaenyra and Viserys and Damon in this episode. I think they there were a couple scenes between the three of them. Yeah, you know, where they they really solidified. You know, it felt like they were family. You know, not just actors pretending. But um, I, I'm I'm gonna yeah. really miss the interaction between Viserys and Damon because even when they were kind of against each other or very much against each other, like I still liked their kind. Uh, it really it really reinforces what I what I said and saw earlier. Like Damon didn't want to be king. He just wanted his brother to fucking appreciate him. Yeah. Yeah. He wanted, he, if he could have been hand, that would have been the number one thing for his brother. And bowing out made him feel better because he wasn't going to be used as a focus against Viserys. You know, so those, those years when he was with, um, uh, uh, what's the house? Viseria? No. Or uh, Lena over in, um, oh, okay. Pentos, you know, Pentos. even though he wasn't necessarily happy with her as he is with Rhaenyra, he was happy that he wasn't being used as a political opponent to his brother, you know, and the only thing that would yeah. draw him back would be to help his family out. You know, for as much as he appeared to be like a bad boy and still appears to be a bad boy, he's, Basically, like a fucking family band. Yeah, they they've done a really good job of crafting that character, and he's very consistent, like incredibly consistent since the very first episode. In in many ways, like I don't know. I appreciate that he has character. I mean, it evolved a little bit, but still very, very consistent, unlike, say, Rhaenyra when we first met her, or Allison when we first met her. Well, I mean, I would say it's it's less, too, that they're not consistent, and more that, you know, they were teenagers, and now they're adults. You know... They're, who, they're moms. <laughs> who, yeah, yeah. Who I was, you know, when I was 15 is nowhere near who I am at 42, so... I'm still the same OG. <laughs> well... You're you're lucky that way, Kent. Um, but uh, I mean, yeah. So like, we get we get some really touching stuff between Damon and Viserys. We get like, I love the scene where Renera finally is like, she's in there talking to her dad, and she's like, you know, fight for me. You know, I I I thought I wanted to be queen, but it's fucking tough. I don't I don't know if I want to deal with all this shit, and you know, I don't want my fucking family to be fucking murdered. And, you know, because of it kind of stuff. Um, so, yeah, I mean, just some really good interactions. And, yeah, like you said, once once Patty's gone, which I'm pretty sure is this episode, it's... Um, it is. Uh, it's not going to be... We're going to be missing out on, like, a good portion of what made House of the Dragon so good in season one. 
Um, one final thing I want to just say is I love I, I pointed this out before. I love when Viserys like sees uh, Aegon and Viserys for the first time. Like I just love the glee in his face when he gets to like watch his grandchildren. Like every time that we got to see that, he had that same kind of joyful look to him. You know what I mean? Could you imagine like? Do you remember the what was it the nineties version of it? Yes, where they're like, "Come, come, give Grandpa a kiss." <laughs> <laughs> yes, and all the babies. <laughs> so uh, I believe then we go to Aegon's room. Yes, yes, we do. Um. All right. Yeah. I mean, he's he's no longer jerking out his window. But he still sleeps in the nude. And look who's back. Uh, no. We don't go to Aegon's room. No, no, no. First, first, we, have, we, have, we, first we have the interaction with, uh, what the hell was her name? Talia. Well, ta- girl Talia. Yeah, Talia, and then... Diana. Di- Diana, or Diana, or however they fucking pronounce it. Um, yeah. So, uh, apparently... In the six years, uh, Aegon's gotten married, and he's also, uh, you know, molesting the maids and the servants around the castle. Yeah, yeah, he's he's just having a good go at he Now, he's married to Helena, right? He's married to his sister, Helena. Um, so we basically get a scene where Alicent is talking to the servant who was molested who apparently is the servant in charge of taking care of Aegon and Helena's children. Uh, because she was the one who was supposed to be getting them dressed for the uh, meeting their family coming to visit. Um, and we just get like a scene where we see the two sides of Alicent. Like she's fucking heartbroken that her son is doing this, but she's, not quite Cersei level of threatening this chick to keep it to herself. Pays her off with a huge bag of coins and then makes her, forces her to drink the morning after tea in order to ensure that there's no complications from Aegon spilling his seed inside of her. Yeah, I mean, and really, what's that girl going to do? Like, she can't be making any bank, right? So, like, of course... I, I, I mean, Allison really didn't have to do a damn thing for her. Allison could have just had her killed right then and there. Cersei probably would have considered. I don't know. Uh, Cersei girl. wouldn't have considered. She would have fucking. She probably would have done it herself. Done it herself, right? <laughs> yeah, like my Krista one when she was watching, she's like, I bet that's poison. I'm like, if it was Cersei, yeah, that would be poison. Yeah, no, that. It was just another complexity to Allison's character, which, you know, was very good. The whole scene was good. I, I liked how Allison's like, well, I mean, we don't want other people to know, as is. I already know. Eric knows. Talia knows. I, I don't know. I, 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 I found I, Allison enjoyable this episode. I bet Larry's knows. <laughs> oh, yeah, he knows. And I bet, um, shit, what was the name, the chick's name you said already? Mysaria. I bet she knows. Well, we'll get to that, but I'm sure she knows. Anyways, next we get to Aegon's room with... I don't <laughs> know. What, super fly pissed. What's up with, like, seeing a whole shitload of male Targaryen ass? 
Like, is I think we've seen more Targaryen ass than we have any other house. I mean, between both series. Yeah, you're right. Um, gosh, we ha- I mean, we haven't seen nearly as much nudity as we saw in Game of Thrones season one. Um, and really, if you take away the whorehouse episode, it's been kind of minimal, quite frankly. Well, I mean, we got a lot of whorehouses in season one of Game of Thrones, so. I mean, shit, we got whorehouses in Winterfell, whorehouses in, in King's <laughs> Landing. <laughs> yeah, it was a good time. Um, so, again, we kind of get the idea that Aegon isn't malicious. He's just arrogant and spoiled. But how can you be that arrogant and that spoiled with that haircut? That haircut is terrible. Well, I mean, he's pulling it off so far, so. Uh, just awful. Or, That's my only complaint. Okay. Um, so, yeah, again, we we see Allison, like, at least, I don't know, she's kind of very casual about her son's nudity in front of her. I don't know. That seems a little weird oh. to me for somebody who seems to be, like, <laughs> this religious yeah, but, you know, oh, I'm just going to walk in. Oh, my son's jerking off out the window. Oh, my son's a nude. Oh, my son's being a rapist. This is all, like, day-to-day shit that she just kind of swallows down deep inside until it boils over. I mean, but, yeah. one of the, the the biggest things I liked about the last scene was the dichotomy of, like, how she felt about Rhaenyra when she found that, you know, the maester sent her the morning after tea. And then the fact that, like, she's forcing this maidservant who was just raped because of her son to go through the same kind of thing. You know, like, I think, um, what's her name? Olivia Cook did a really good job, you know, in showing that on her face. We didn't get a lot of, yeah. like, subtle, like, glances between people, but we, we had a lot of, like, uh, facial expressions in this episode doing that. Um, so, okay. Where do we go next? Is this the scene where we go into the the courtyard? Okay. Uh, well, first of all, we need to mention that she did slap Aegon and said, you are no son of mine. Oh, yeah. I enjoyed that. Yeah. Um, and he just doesn't... He's like, oh, whatever I do will never be good enough. With that being said, now Allison greets... Uh, well, I just put R&D. She greets Rhaenyra and Damon. <laughs> R&D. <laughs> Research and development. That's right. That's where all the money goes if you're really building up your tech tree. <laughs> yep. So this is the scene. Damon's already, Damon's immediately into dick mode, which I I, I I applaud him every step of the way. I love how fucking fast he is with just his quips in like every episode where people talk shit to him. And you mentioned this last week too. Oh yeah, does, does being religious mean you have to take down all of the Targaryen heraldry? <laughs> You took down the yeah. tapestries you were going to show me. I didn't even get to see them, God. <laughs> so, yeah. He, I don't know. One thing I was curious about. Mm-hmm. All right. In the scene with Rhaenyra, Damon, and Viserys, Damon seemed very intent on smelling what. Viserys was drinking, and I'm sitting there thinking, wouldn't that have just been common procedure anyways back then to give milk of the poppy? 
or was Damon like trying to see if they were giving him something else? Like, well, they seem very they're, they're calling it tea. You know, like they're they're giving him medicine, and they're you know they are giving him medicine, but in effect, they're also making it so he can't sit on the throne. You know, when they need him to be there for them by okay, giving so just him the liquid pump. Yeah. Yeah, okay. you know, it's the difference between like, oh, is this some kind of like herbal tea or oh nope, you're giving them straight up fucking opium. Fair enough. Well then there we go. Uh I liked uh, the line where Damon's like it says uh it's an act of the purest mercy. Me? Uh, okay. And then Yeah. Uh, I don't know. Once again, everything that comes from him when he's in that mode is good. And then Rhaenyra is like, oh, who's going to be in charge of the judgment? It's like, do you really have to ask that? I mean, are you just trying to state the obvious, Rhaenyra? It, it, it really kind of felt like a completely unnecessary thing because what kind of re- what what response was she hoping to get from that? I, I, I don't know. know. I don't know. I think it was rhetorical. Yeah. Um, so is this the point we go to the courtyard with the kids? Jason Luke? Yeah. So apparently from what we see, uh, Jace seems to be like a, a really good guy so far. Like by all accounts, he seems to be probably the nicest one of the, like the children of that generation. I don't know. We haven't gotten to see too much with um, Damon and Lena's kids, but uh, I think we can... I don't know, s- Helena's up there, too. Yeah, Helena's up there. She's she's definitely a little weird. But, yeah. um... <laughs> but, uh... And Luke, she seems a little more just, um... I don't know. He still seems young at this point, and I'm not... Like, for a lot of what I was praising, uh people with like looks on their face like half of the episode he's got a look on his face and i just want to like fucking smack him to be like they should have given you a couple more acting cues kid for luke yes for luke yeah yeah i something also i feel like i i think it was on the after the episode they were like saying how old all the boys were and they were like from any place from like 17 to 21 i'm like no, Luke can't be 17, is he? If he is, he's a fucking late bloomer. I thought there was a greater discrepancy between Aegon to Luke as well, as far as age goes. And, and Didn't it seem like it was more than four years difference? Yeah, if you're talking about... That would be in real life, that wouldn't be in the show. Yeah, no, in the in the after show, they were talking about it, and I swear, I think it was like one of the writers or whoever was like, yeah, we're showing the boys, and they're now like 17 to 21, and I'm like, no, there's a bigger, there's a larger age gap amongst... Yeah. That's all. I found it weird that the one of the people in charge doesn't know that. Yeah, because um, Aegon was six, and Aemond was four. By the time Jace was born, like even before Jace was born, because his, Jace's parents hadn't even been married yet, and they were that old. Right. Okay. So I'm not crazy. I feel good now. Yeah. 
Um, so, you know, you get Jace is all like nostalgic about being home, you know, where they grew up and looks like it doesn't feel like I remember it, you know, and everybody's staring at us, you know, probably be better if we looked more like our cousin or our uncle. And then they look over and Eamon is actually basically beating the shit out of Kristen in uh, combat in the courtyard. Now, was Crispin giving it to him, or was Crispin legit losing? Uh, I have a feeling, you know, he was probably, like, not giving it his all, because, you know, what's going to happen if you fucking murder the prince by accident? Yeah, I, was, yeah. I, I, I kind of took it the same way that he was kind of building up his, his confidence a little bit. But, I mean, at the same time, I think he wasn't prepared for, you know, when he gets the sword at his throat. Oh, we'll have you ready for... Attorneys in no time. I don't give a shit about tournaments. Yeah. All right, so here, here, here's another question since I'm dwelling on age. Am I wrong in saying that Amon looks much, not not just a year or two, but much older than Aegon? Uh, no. I mean, no? I don't, I don't think he looks older than him. I just think he looks fucking buffer than him. See, I, I think he looks older in the face. I mean, and, and you know, from a physical standpoint, uh, uh, body was. Yeah, how much of it is, you know, the eye patch? I don't know. That was what I was really trying to figure out. Was was it stature? Was it face? Was it eye patch? Was it scar? See, was it a combination? I have a feeling it's know. because Aegon looks soft, because he's really the spoiled child, and Aemon, you know, has a chip on his fucking shoulder like a mile wide and he's going to be hard no matter what. He's he's Damon 2.0. He's a hard ass pterodactyl. He does kind of have a thin face. You know, I love the fact that like when they first showed a, the first couple scenes of the preview for this episode I was like, "Why does Damon have an iPad?" I'm like, "Oh no, that's Amen. They did a time jump again." They yeah, I mean, they really modeled him very similarly after Damon. No no doubt. Um, so then, yeah, was, oh, huh. go ahead. then we get um, Vaymond finally showing up and, you know, actually people being there to meet him compared to the, you know, heir to the, the throne and her husband. Um, and then, shit, where do we go from there? Well, the gates open up and suddenly there's Vaymond and Amond has a big smile on his face and Vaymond stares down Luke like... Just stares him down pretty, pretty much, and then from there we get uh, Allison Otto talking about Vaymon. Yeah. Vaymond. Oh, are they were they talking with him? Was that the next scene? Uh, I based on the oh, Vaymon is a little pushy, so yeah, that's the scene uh, where they're talking about, uh, you know, going over the. Uh, uh, legitimacy yeah. tomorrow, and Vayman's like, oh, yeah, you know, whoever is the new heir to Driftmark will be in your debt, my queen. Do you want, yes, do you yes. want to give the the navies of the realm with a war coming against the Triarchy in the Stepstones to a 12-year-old, or do you want to give it to a, a warrior who's distinguished himself in battle in the same area? I mean, that makes sense to me. That, that, that Yeah. yeah. You know, and, and also, you know, somebody that has Valerian blood. that That's also yes. kind of important. Well, I mean, you know, we know, know, but they don't know for 
100% certain. True, true. It's just, I don't know, the hair, the hair game tells everything. It, it, the hair game doesn't lie in this show. Okay, I'll but. give you that. Um, so is this when we go to Renera and Viserys talking? Is no, this, this is the scene of the three rains. They're going to oh, make it rain yes. on us. Yes, then we get making it rain. Uh, so basically for my notes, I have Na, Nira, Nays. Yeah, Reyna leads Renera to go see Rainies, And this is where we find out that Bela's been her ward. Um, Renera basically says, Rainies, you know, I need your support. Uh, since, you know, my dad's not going to be around to fucking back me. And, um, you know, I... I had nothing to do with Laner's death, and I didn't know about it in advance. Uh, you know, just implying that her fucking husband did. <laughs> I mean, um, she offers to marry, uh, and like, I I didn't know that this was going to happen, but you know, I guess I'm glad I guessed it. Uh, Bela and Reyna to Jason Luke, and to solidify their houses that way. So Rainey's grandchildren will be both the lords of Driftmark and the king and queen of Westeros. You know, as well as her side of the family. So, I mean, it's a win-win. Plus, it's it's fun that Damon's kids are going to be marrying his nieces slash wife's... There's so much... This family tree, imagine just trying to do this family tree right now. How fun that would be. It would look like an Ouroboros. <laughs> uh, but then she realizes that she thinks Rainey's is going to put herself forward instead, and she's like, oh, I guess it doesn't matter then. And Rainey's is like, yes, it's very true. What you said doesn't matter. Um, yeah, she was like the rock right there. It doesn't matter. <laughs> Do you smell what the R, 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 you know what? I just watched R, R, R this week. That's <laughs> a nice little segue there. Um, <laughs> our cooking. Um, okay, so I believe this is when we go to the series in uh, Rhaenyra. Yeah, let me just say, I think that last scene in at least half the previous episodes possibly would have stolen the show. It was a very good scene. Rhaenys is very good when given, like, more than a minute to like be in a scene. She's excellent. And this scene, I, I don't know, I, I thought that scene was very good, but there's so many excellent scenes in this particular episode that it, I mean, it's a good scene, but it just doesn't stand out as much as it would have in other episodes, I think. Yes. And, and you are right. And we've we've already gone over this scene. You know, Renera's basically begging her dad to help her, saying, you know, she didn't realize what it was going to be like, yada, yada, yada. Um, yeah. And it, it's probably I mean, one, it of the, this- one of the best scenes that the new Renera has done with Viserys, even though he isn't really super in it. Yeah, well, that's the thing. She carries it, and she does a really good job with it. And this is where the seed was planted of the ice and fire, which... Yeah, we'll get to obviously later, but this is Yeah, she asked him, Did you did you really see, you know you know, our family continuing in Aegon's dream in order to hold the land together? Yeah. Um but yeah, he's he's mostly 
incoherent and unconscious through it. Um, so then we go to, like, do we, do we go to him, you know, with the scene where we actually see, like, everything that's actually happened to his body? Yes, like, why wrote that he's being operated on? He's not being operated on, but they are basically, doing work yeah, on his body. They're basically prepping him for the day. And Otto's there, and we just see, like, he's missing whole lumps out of his back. Um, it looks like he, he he's just rotting. Yeah, uh, no thanks. Yeah, Otto wants more poppy, and Viz says no. He just wants his dinner. Yeah, you know, I want to. I want to see my family all together for dinner tonight, and I don't want the poppy because I want to be able to be there. You know, be there for it. Yeah, mentally be there. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, this scene was just like a. I want to say a Frankenstein scene, but it was really uh, interesting. Like this. Actually, this may have been one of the best scenes that they filmed from a visual standpoint. The fucking body horror was strong in that one. It really was. And and then you got Patty just fucking killing it, like moaning in pain the entire time, too. I mean. This could not have been a fun episode for him to film, right? There's no way this was fun. No, this is a lot of work. You know, between the... Yeah, whatever physical changes they did, you know, the makeup that they had to put him in probably took hours to do every day, and then most of it, he's lying in bed, so, yeah. Like, was he sitting at home going, like, to his wife, hey, how's this groan sound? Uh, versus this sound? Uh. <laughs> like, because he had to have practiced a little bit, I'm thinking, right? Uh, yeah, I would guess so. And she's probably like, uh, do, how about number three? Uh, you know, it's like an eye exam. Wh- which one's better? Number one, number two. <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, that's that was a really. I mean, they, kudos to them for the makeup they did in this episode. Again, um, so I believe now we go to the throne room where we get a good portion of the next the rest of the episode. Yep, time for the petitions to start, and we got Otto sitting on the throne, and we get Vaymond doing. Start kicking things off, I guess. Yep, we get Vaymond um, begins to lay his issues, and all of a sudden, there's an interrupt. No, an interruption happens when Renera starts. She goes to interrupt him, and Allison's like, "Yo, bitch, wait your fucking turn." That's right. And Otto, Otto does like a little like, like arms under his under his armpits <laughs> pose when she says it, uh, and then um. Then Renera begins to speak, and all of a sudden, everybody stops, and we look back, and King Viserys, with his golden mask that we see for the first time this episode, is hobbling forward on his cane. Uh, and it's like, Otto, I'm going to sit on the throne today. Peace out, buddy. And then we have one of the most painful scenes in the whole episode. Yeah, I... I- First of all, I really liked Vayman's reaction because we, we talk about the re- expressions and stuff. His his face just drops like motherfucker. <laughs> like he knows, he knows. But yeah, then we get the scene. Buttered the wrong bread today. <laughs> and 
so Viserys walks up to the throne, and it literally takes him like I don't know, fifteen minutes. It, the music's great the whole time, by the way. <laughs> Some of the best music of this whole season. And he finally gets to the point where like the swords start, and he stumbles, and he like people are trying to help him, and he waves him off, and then he drops his crown, and Damon goes over to help him, and he picks it up, and he, he's like, "Hey, just you know, slow and steady, brother." Gets him up on the throne, and then he puts the crown back on his head. And again, we get like just a really great scene that was, I guess, improvised between you know Petty Considine and Matt Smith. Um, yeah, that really puts, that puts their whole relationship into perspective. For for me, that was the scene of of the episode. Like, it didn't like choke me up or anything, but like, I got some feels out of that scene. It was really good. Oh, yeah. I mean, there's a lot of that this episode between this scene and the next scene. Um, yeah. So, basically, Viserys is like, I don't understand why we're even hearing petitions about something I settled fucking years ago. So what the fuck's going on? And Vayman fucking finally just goes right out and says, and he's like, those kids are fucking bastards. I'm the only true Valerian in here. And Viserys gets pissed. I mean, paraphrasing a long thing uh Viserys gets pissed off and he's like I'll have your tongue for that and well, before we can fucking get anything badass fucking master of chaos Damon slices his head off right in half right over the tongue and he's like well nope you can you're not actually gonna have his tongue for that he can keep his tongue what one thing we didn't say was that when, once Vis got on the throne he had Renice talk first. Oh, yes. And mm-hmm. that's when Rainey's like, yeah, I'm going to accept this marriage proposal. What, I don't know. It's just a small little thing. Yeah, yeah. Important. Uh, my my grandchildren are going to be marrying my great niece and nephew, and so it's going to be even more tangled web that we speak. Yeah. Like, oh, God. And, and we also got, do not forget yourself, Vaymond. Like, can we every episode get somebody saying not to forget themselves? I don't know. That's becoming my. I mean, thing we can now. we can ask them, but since Viserys is dead, probably probably not. <sighs> yeah, somebody else is going to have to take that one up. I I say Amon should take up that line. So we then go to dinner, and um, no, no, where we go next? We go to Vayman's body being on the slab and oh yes, there right. in Orwell. All right, yeah. Uh, so Vayman's body's on the slab, and they're prepping him for uh, his travel back to Driftmark. And Orwell is like, "Hey, uh, you might. I mean, if you want to look away, go ahead." And she's like, "Oh, you know, so many people have died around me and been taken from me that the you know the stranger doesn't care if I look at dead people." Now, the stranger is that is that implying. The Grim Reaper, or... That's one of the seven new gods. Oh, okay. I'm sitting here imagining the Grim Reaper. Okay. Well, you burst my bubble, thanks. Yeah, they don't have the Grim Reaper in Westeros. Not, well, I mean... That would, that would be no. I saw Viserys, okay? So, yeah. I'm not sure we have it. Well, that's why they're not afraid of him, because they don't... <laughs> <laughs> Very true. Um, okay, so now we go to dinner... And it starts right. starts off uncomfortable, you know, just a little bit. We now, have, quick question. Go ahead. 
did did you ever watch did you watch WWF wrestling say like in the very late 80s when like there was King Haku and King Macho Man? No. No, okay. most of my and most it, of my 80s wrestling stuff was, you know, like the Wrestling Buddies cartoon. Okay. Yeah. So, like all I could think of because they were carrying Viserys in and I'm just like, oh my god, this is just like when they carried in Macho Man and Haku, but now my wrestling stuff is wasted, so I'll just shut up and let you go on. Sorry, sorry, buddy. Sorry. Um, so yeah, we get you know dinner starting, and we got an empty space between Alicent and Renera, and it's just very quiet, and everybody's being awkward, and then they carry Viserys in, and this is, I think, probably the scene where he kills it the most in this episode. Because he, he fucking, he's struggling to speak, because he's so sick and tired and he he pulls his mask off and he shows his family like everything that's happened to him and he's like listen you know we we're a family you know we have to stand together against everybody else who wants to take us down you know the rest of the world wants to fucking fuck us up so we need to support each other and be there for each other you know he's like hey you know i'm my my uh Great nieces are marrying my grandchildren. Congratulations to all of them. Please make peace. That's a sum up, basic, basically. And then immediately is Aegon. <laughs> well, we get Talk. we get an actual attempt between Renera and Alicent. I think. I think um, legitimate. Let's see. Oh, Al does the prayer. Uh, Damon does the smirk. Viserys happy about grandsons. Yeah, Renera. Renera makes the toast to the queen. You know, you you would think that that would have been something I wrote, wrote down, but it's not. But you're right. Yeah. So Renera makes the toast to the queen, and she's like, you know what? I love my dad, and nobody has taken more care of him than Allison. She's done more for him. You know, she's seen him through all of this shit. So, you know, I would like. I'd apologize and attempt to bury the hatchet, you know, and, and Allison isn't quite as warm to her, but she's, you know, she's like, you'll make a great queen. You know, I, I hope we, there can be peace between our houses. And, you know, so it seems like the adults are paying attention to what Viserys is saying. And then fucking, like you said, Aegon comes over and he's like, Hey Jace, you know, do you even know how to fuck? <laughs> <laughs> like it was so, I, I want to say it's out of the blue. It was not. Com- it wasn't out of character at all. But it was just such a funny. And it wasn't like quiet either. You know, it's like it wasn't like, hey, we were over at the kids' table. We got to be quiet. It's like no. Like, hey, you know how to fuck? I'll teach you. Yeah. It- <laughs> hey, you know what? You know what? If you- hey, your betrothed. If you ever want to have like a real cock, just let me know. You know, and you can see that Jason's getting upset, and he he um he wants to retaliate, but. He doesn't sink to the lengths that, like, Aegon does? No. No, he doesn't. Because I think he's trying to take what... A, he's trying to take what Viserys just said, and B, he also is aware that he's a bastard, and he kind of knows the consequences of coming unhinged. I I am pretty sure he knows both those things. And Bela's by his side with her gray hair. Yeah, so, I mean, mean, he's he's happy he's going to get to hook up with, like, the best hair game left in... in, uh, Westeros. West um, so I forget. Shit, I forgot what he actually said. But I mean, he's he's clapping Aegon and punching him in the shoulder. 
the entire time that he's saying it. The, the punching in the shoulder thing was like the best part. I don't know. That that made me laugh a lot. I actually Yeah, yeah we, we enjoyed that too. Um, <laughs> uh, we get another toast. And then, uh, and then yeah, so then, um, correct me if I'm wrong, but don't we get Helena's toast? Um, we get a toast to Prince Luke as Lord of the Tides. Uh, Reyna assures Luke that he will do great. Aegon's still going on. Uh, Vis is happy, filled with sorrow to see faces around the table that grew so distant, as we said. He moves the faceplate. Uh, we get... I think this was the first time we saw that he didn't have an, an eye. Like, I think this is the very first time we yeah. get that full Yeah, the full time that. we see that he's, not only is he missing an eye, his cheek is basically rotted out, and they did a good job of, like, showing the sinews there, still, that are still attached. It, it, his line, my, my own face is, is no longer a handsome one, if it ever was. I, it was kind of like a good, charming little little line, but you know, to, and then he does, like does the tonight. I wish you to see me as I really am, and that it really reminded me of Twilight Zone, the one with the four masks. Uh, probably a reference that most people aren't going to get. That's okay, but that was what I got out of it. Um, and right here, I think Allison really. I I do feel that Allison was taking it to heart here. Yeah, I mean, um, like I said, I don't think she was quite as, you know, as willing to mend it as Renera, but I think, you know, she was, you know, willing to mend yeah. it. Um, um, so, I, to the point where Damon wasn't even doing his smirk, that's how serious this was. This yeah. was, like, the only, like, serious situation, and Damon wasn't smirking. I was like, wow, okay. Um, oh, this is actually where the toast... Ha- that toast happened. So then Al's like, "Yeah, we're both mothers." Blah 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 blah. Um, Al raises her cup to rain, being a fine queen. Otto is staring kind of angrily. At oh yeah, Otto is the, definitely the least happy person in the whole fucking room for this entire thing. <laughs> um, oh, yeah, he apologized to Bela for the disappointment <laughs> that she is soon to suffer. That was a great, great line. Um, so then she, Jace offered a cheers to Aegon and Amond. Uh, he's trying to be cordial. Uh, and Aegon's just like, yeah, to you as well. And then Helena does her toast, which <laughs> is probably, the, probably the funniest thing in the fucking episode, really, to be honest. You know, yes. marriage isn't so bad. Most of the time, he just won't pay any attention to you, and then when he comes, it's it's over quickly. So. Yeah, sometimes when he's drunk, like and that was it. Like that was her contribution to the whole episode. It was magnificent. Um, I mean, in case you can't figure it out, that's going. That's my award winner for this week. So, so then basically. We're, we're having everybody get along, and then we go to, unfortunately, like, this This is an example of Jace pulling a Renera when when they're already ahead. And he gets up, and he's like, oh, Helena, why don't you, he's like, Bela, can I? And she gives him permission. He goes over and gets Helena and starts to dance with her because, you know, her husband and brother is ignoring her. Um, and then we see that, you know, at this point, Eamon's like, 
All right, I haven't been a force for chaos enough in this fucking episode yet. So, time for me to enter the be- the fray. And he gets... Viserys gets taken out here, yeah, by the way. Yeah, he gets taken out after calling for the music. And he's... you Like, they do a slow thing where you like almost think he's going to die it, it, during the dinner. And he, yeah, because yeah. I even wrote, right, is this where Vis dies his last supper... And then he's taken out, and we get two servants with the pig coming in, which... Which causes... Which, you think that's the pig? No, 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 no. The pig? It's way too small. Aww. But because of that, between the Helena thing and then Luke laughing at him, Eamon's like, you know what? Let's take this shit to 11. Oh, my God. Yeah. <laughs> and he gets up, and he's like, I want to do it. I want to toast my two nephews. You know, they're smart. Handsome, wise. <laughs> Handsome, wise, and... Strong. <laughs> yep. Strong. <laughs> uh, he yeah. did it subtly the first, but then he really yeah, yeah. goes well, into it. Because Allison's like, Damon, or Eamon, stop. And he's like, Strong. No. <laughs> strong, mom. They're I, strong. <laughs> yeah. Come on. Can you just see how muscular they are? They're super strong. <laughs> That was a heel promo if I ever saw one. It was fantastic. Um, did, so does he... I forgot. Did he get smacked by by Jace at that point? J- Jace punches Amond. Luke and Aegon go at it. The guards break it up. And Al is super fly pissed at Amond because she was just in the middle of her feelings and things almost seemed to be peaceful. And, you know, it looks like shit's going to break out and then Damon just walks up and he's like, listen... You know, uh, you guys can talk a bunch of shit, but who's the only one who takes heads in this fucking room right now? That's right. Yeah. <laughs> Two big thumbs pointing at me. That guy. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, so, and this is where I, I really bought it that Allison and Renera were thinking about actually reconciling. Because Renera's like. You know, I, I should I should go back to Kings or to Dragonstone because these guys are being fucking dicks. And Allison's like, no, no, stay. And she's like, oh, you know, uh, let me take the kids back so they'll stop fighting, and I'll fly back on Dragonback to hang out with you. We can, you know, maybe have some midnight cuddles like we used to. I'm just throwing that in there she's for bringing Dragonback. Yeah, yeah, I'm just throwing that in there, but you know, that's yeah. I'm sure there's no yeah no no fan fiction or anything about that kind of shit going down. No. Yeah. So, anyways, um, that's basically the end of that scene. And then comes the scene that I was waiting for. Which scene? With well, we see somebody in a cloak outside walking. Oh yeah, and yeah. there's Mysaria, who, as we anybody that's been listening knows, that I'm hell bent on believing that Mysaria is going to play a big role in this. Well, I have and to, just, I have to bow my head and say, you were right. And I was wrong. And I also happen to say that Talia may not be just a side person. She may be, but you know what? It was nice to see two people that I've been going bet for in the same scene. So this was my high point as far as a moral goes, a moral victory for me. Um, and all that says like has been quite a night at the castle, it seems. So, you know, I, I know we want, I mean, we're almost at the end, but really what implications are going on here like in your mind what's my clearly has 
her spies, uh, so to speak. What is this information? What is she going to use it for moving forward, do you think? Uh, I have no idea. See, I, I, I think she's still going to side with Damon. So I think because she knows that Aegon's just going around knocking up bitches... I don't know. Somehow something like that's going to get involved. Uh, you think she's still going to side with Damon when the only person that she's really been pissed at out of everybody there is Damon? Yeah, and but she also or- took care of him that night that he got tanked. No, she let him sleep in the place, but, I mean, she's also reported that that shit happened to Otto in the first place. I, I agree. Hey, it's it's just a theory, and yeah. I'm going to just keep going with theories here with my Saria until I'm wrong. <laughs> Which will probably be next week. Uh, no, it'll probably be like two weeks. Maybe. But, yeah, so, like, and, and I'll say for, for Talia, and, like, if they're giving a servant a name and she's sticking around for multiple episodes, yeah, she's going to end up being a character. Whether, you know, it's just as minor as that kind of scene shit or if she's going to become something ma- a little more major, you know. Do, do you think there's any possibility that they try to, maybe Talia intentionally tries to get impregnated? Tell you, yeah. Um, probably not. I mean, if she's that much older than you know, whatever the uh, the the hell Daniela or whatever her name was, you know, Aegon's probably not even looking at her because shit, she wasn't she one of the fucking nurses when they were kids? She was. So he's, I mean, he's, they could be the milfs. Well, I mean, she would be a milf, but uh, same thing. Maybe. I mean, I don't know. Was milk what? porn a thing in Westeros? Uh, I, well, I mean, obviously, you know, incestual milk porn was. So, I mean. Yeah. yeah. And this is just going, I mean, you know, like, off the deep end. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I could make this worse. I just thought of, like, like a, a porn mag shoot where, you know, they, they have the girl, like, on the dragon, and that's, like, the big scene in the, in the photo shoot. Uh, so, yeah, pa- there. i just taken it in a pa- place that it shouldn't pa- have gone. Paint me like one of your dragon girls, Jack. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's go to the sad scene. <laughs> so we basically go to the last scene in the episode, and um, Viserys is in his bed, and he's moaning, and Alicent is going to put him to sleep. And I think she does give him milk, milk of the poppy, correct? She does. Uh, yes. And as she's giving it to him, he he's, again, you know, whether or not he's actually losing it or he's just, you know, like through dementia or just drugged up or just out of his mind with pain or whatever, uh, he confuses her for Renera And he's like, yes, yes, I did. You know, I did have that dream. It is a real dream. You know, Aegon needs to unify the, the country or Aegon unified the country in order to save it from the threat from the north. And the prince that was promised. And the prince that was promised. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, Allison gets all of this out of context and, you know, she's, I guess let's, she's like, no, oh, okay. Well, my, my husband who was standing up for his daughter and his grandkids every day for like the last 30 years is now telling me to it's go ahead. go It's okay to go ahead and murder them because my son who wanks it out the window has to unify the nation. Never minding that, you know, um, Renera and Damon literally just had another boy named da- Aegon. 
So it's this is the thing that may irk me the most about this episode is how quickly Alicent went from a very level-headed person for most of this episode to suddenly like, oh, I have a husband on his deathbed who's high as hell and he's just rambling on about stuff. I'm going to take this as, you know, quote-unquote, the gospel. Suddenly, like, no. Well, Come on. Uh, I mean, let's let's wait and see what actually happens at the beginning of that next episode. You know, whether she's gone right from you know, where she was at the end of dinner to time to make war upon Rhaenyra, or, you know, if it's some shit that, like, her dad coerces her into. You know, I think that would be more... Or, or the boys get yeah, to another fight. I think that would be much more in character than, you know, just going from, from like, apologetic to a straight-up heel turn, you know, within minutes. She, she could, I could see her revealing to her father what was said and him being like, all right, this is what's going to happen. Yeah, exactly. So, uh, yeah, then his last words were my love. And then, yeah, we get a really uncomfortable, like what minute, minute and a half of like Viserys just like moaning and not like the sexy moaning, but like painful moaning. I hope they only had to film him doing that. Like, once or twice, because that could not have been fun to film. No, not at all. No, you know, I'm looking at the cast list. It says Sir Tyland Lannister. Was he in this episode? Yes, because he's on the small council. Oh, you're right, you're right. He was the one who brought up... Well, do we really... With the war going on, do we really want to give a bunch of ships into a 12-year-old's hand? Right, okay, yeah. Um... And yeah, just in case you weren't one hundred percent sure, they said like in the preview for next step next week, the king is dead. Like those are the very first like four words out, out of the preview. <laughs> so he dead. Well, um, he did a really killer job for the role that he was given. So you know, kudos to him. He gets he gets my MVP for season one. Hmm, gosh, him, him or Damon. It, 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 it depends on what Damon does the next two episodes. I, I, I'm not sure, because Viserys is probably ahead of him, but if Damon has a strong couple weeks... Well, Damon, Damon had the ability to be the bad boy going in and the warrior and everything, and Viserys had to do the, the job of making... Yeah, which we haven't seen before, like we've mentioned in like episode three, you know, of making the king likable, you know, and making it seem like people actually enjoyed his rule rather than you know, just yeah i'm curious if he's the last king that was actually beloved or not from what i understand um there were like two or three more uh but but yeah like aegon follows aegon and mm-hmm. um the people love renera's son but the nobility didn't so that's that's where a lot of the shit you know leading up to the Mad King, you know, comes into play. Now, I just want to throw out there, in the preview for next week, we get some dude, I'm assuming a dude, looks like a knight, and Otto says something like, none can know who you are or what you seek. So, Otto's already up in his game more. Well, thanks for thanks and, again for ruining it for me, Kent. 
Um, also, Laris is in next week. Yeah, I was, and he has useful. I info. was going to say, you know, if we didn't see Laris this <laughs> week, he's going to definitely have a much bigger part next week. And there's also what appeared to be a fighting pit of some kind, and also there is treason because treason seems to be a word used in the past what four episodes. Yeah. Yep. So I mean, mystery night, fight pit, Laris, treason. I, I don't know. Everything sounds pretty interesting. Yes. I mean, well, they they need to, because this is the penultimate episode. And, you know, they always do. I don't think, did did outside of the last season, did they have a bad season ending episode in a single, you know, a single one of them in Game of Thrones? A se- like the season finale? Yeah, the season finale. Or- like uh, one of my, I don't think the season finales were that bad. No, yeah, I think they were all awesome. I mean, we had you know like Jon Snow dying, you know, season one's ending, Ooh. you know. Um, there might be one. I don't know if it was a season ender when when Brienne supposedly killed the Hound. If that was a season ender, I didn't like that episode. Well, you know, go fuck yourself. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm just kidding. No, I I really think like season six's ending was one of the best in the whole show. That was the one where Cersei blew up the church. So, which one was season was it end of season five or six for for the watch? Season five. That one was incredible because you know that left fans really like yeah wondering yeah it's basically where we were at in the books. Too so I mean, you know, we we still don't know what the fuck's going to happen, you know, in the books. And was it maybe the end of season four where Arya sets off on her new yes. adventure to find yes. Jacan? And I believe that was the one that you were talking about where the Brienne appeared to kill the Hound because okay. we didn't see him yeah. for like a, a season or a half. <sighs> God, that pissed me off. Um. But yeah, for the most part, I think they did a, you know, we had the Red Wedding was the season three finale, you know, the season one finale was basically setting up what was going to be happening in season two. Uh, season two was the Battle of Blackwater Bay. Uh, season four was probably the weakest. You know, that was, like you said, the one where, um, well, no, because, well, yeah, that was basically when we had um, Stannis show up, wasn't it? That would make yeah. some sense to me. And then season five, we had, you know, John's death. Season six was, you know, Cersei clipping the cast by about a third. Yeah, she she cut the budget significantly. Season seven, you know, we we got John and Danny getting together, and then season eight. Was season six, uh, the episode nine, was that the Battle of the Bastards? Yes. Okay. Yep. So, huh. so I mean, overall, I thought this was a fucking really good episode. I don't know if I would say that it was the best one so far, but I liked it like everything in it. So, I would say this is somewhere in my top three. I still got the fifth episode as my favorite, and I thought last week's episode was great. And I'm also going to share with people what I discovered. If you go and rewatch the scene with the kids fighting and then get like on your phone, get little John's get out of your mind 
queued up and play that, you will have an amazing music video. So, I, I, I don't know. It's tough for me to say this week was better than last week or vice versa. They were both very good for their own reasons. I would have to say, though, I think five, six, or excuse me, uh, five, six, no, five, seven, and eight, probably the, the yeah. best episodes. Definitely. Yeah. I mean, it's it's not like they, I mean, they started strong, especially the first episode was really good. Um, we had that dip in quality on episode, was it three or four? Three, that yeah. just wasn't. And, but, and six was the one that it felt like they kind of, like, dropped a bunch of threads from five. Yes. That, that was really the biggest downfall of six. I mean, it wasn't bad, but it it felt weak, especially now that we see it compounded in between five, seven, and eight. Yeah, it's going to come off weak. Yeah. Um. So I mean, obviously you know more of what's to come. Uh, I, I'm I'm assuming that. Uh, so we know where there's going to be like a civil war of sorts during this period of civil war. Do we know? Like, all right, now that he, King's dead, Rhaenyra should immediately step in as the ruler. Is that, is that how that would go? Yes, that's that's how it should go. Okay. And yet we also know that this show would be boring if that was just the end of it. So at some point, legitimacy, blah, blah, blah. Or how... How do we how do we go from Rhaenyra ruling to Aegon ruling? How how does that really do you, do you have an answer for that? Do you actually know or no? Which which Aegon? Uh we'll say Allison's Aegon. Okay, well Allison, you know, they declare war. You know, they say nope. Aegon's the I don't know what is the actual cause for it to happen. Okay. But they declare war and to claim him the king, and you know, since they're already sitting in King's Landing, you know, they probably are in a pretty good spot to be defensing. Gotcha. Okay. I, I could see them having like a, a little bit of a war in this next episode, but I think they would have to really escalate things super fast for that to happen. And it didn't seem that way in the preview. So I'm guessing that we. I mean, there's really no reason for us to have a big war yet. Yes, right? I agree. Um, just keep keep building on what you have here for the next two episodes and make people really want season two. I, I think that's the best you can do right now. That's basically what we're going to get. And in some way, try to make sure that they gotta do something with Jason Luke because right now I don't care about either of them. I I just I don't care about their characters. Like I I sympathize with them. I mean it's not their fault who their father was, but simultaneously they haven't really given them much of anything. Like at least Aegon and Amon both have like a personality that we can, you know, look forward to. You just like the bad boys, Kent. Admit it. You bring up a valid point. I mean, I, I mean, you're also the person who roots for the killers in horror movies instead of the uh, victims. So, <laughs> oh, sad but true. Uh, you know, I'm trying to think of like a time where I 
cheer on. So, like, in the Cube movies, for example, I usually try to find one character that I want to, like, escape. But, I mean, those... I mean... Those are less about... I I mean, yes, there's a malevolent corporation, but those are more less about, you know, like an active antagonist and more about, like, just surviving a horrific situation. True. All right, I cheer on Officer Dewey instead of Ghostface. Did you watch the last Scream yet? No, it's on Paramount? It is, it is, yes. Paramount. Paramount, okay. Yeah, I'm going to try to just do the seven-day free trial and get whatever I need from Paramount out of the way. Oh, let's let's not talk about that on the podcast. Anyways, um, well, to segue from... um, House of Dragons into horror. Uh, well, you asked me if I was going to catch up on Prey, the new Predator movie, because you were planning on doing it for October, and then you almost almost made it. But um, I've got a few opinions on it. Nothing, nothing too major. Nothing too. But uh, you said you watched about the first half, right? Where did you actually cut off? Um, the bear just got got. Okay. Um, I thought it was really good. You know, it was, I don't know. You know. I know a lot of people put Predator 1 up on like a, a pinnacle. You know, they're like, that's a, I really, I, I love the Predator as a concept and the, the actual alien, you know, the Yaucha or whatever you want to call it. But like, as much as I love like Arnold Schwarzenegger and Carl Weathers and shit, that's really not a strong movie. Like the script is fucking weak as hell. Uh, and not even a script. The performances are weak as hell in that movie. It's a cheesy eighties yeah. action film. It's it's pure one hundred percent testosterone at its eighties finest. It doesn't mean that it's a good script. It doesn't mean that it's well acted. It's well, just just fun. As just hell. to go into that though, I mean that's why I prefer Predator Two to Predator One. But I like them both. This is why everybody listening right now is shaking their head no. I I know you are people listening. Shake your head. You know what? Well, if Chris Stockman listens to me, he agrees with me. Anyways. (laughs) Um, All right. Anyways. um, Yeah, I I liked the script and the the performance is better. I mean, don't get me wrong. I know like a lot of people love to see like Jesse Ventura, you know, in, was that his first role? Acting? Oh, gosh. It. It not, it was definitely his most well known, and I don't know if he really did much acting other than that, did he? Well, he did Running Man after that. Ventura didn't he do Running Man? Wasn't he the the announcer who was like, um, it's like I'm the one who's going to kill them without my all this fucking armor yeah, shit? You, yeah, yeah, you're right. So, I mean, basically, he 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 knew to just ride Schwarzenegger's coat. But, uh, I mean, call. like, yeah, like you said, it's in the very 80s, you know, like the scene where they're shooting into the jungle and everybody's holding their guns at, like, their waists, you know, nobody's actually looking down any of the sights or, you know, you know. Right. Yeah, exactly. But, I mean, it wasn't a bad movie. And like I said, it came up with one of their, you know, really coolest concepts in, you know, horror science fiction. Um, I just, I liked what they did to build off of it in Predator 2 more than I liked the original. You know, in some way, probably Predator 1 is, well, if we discount Aliens vs. Predators, because I just don't want to go there. Um, the other 
films probably actually had better stories and scripts and stuff. Not but The Predator. Is that the yes. new, like 2018 yeah. one? Or? Yes. That one had such a great cast and was such a letdown. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. I would agree. Uh, um, before that was Predators. Right? Yeah. And that one was okay. It wasn't. It wasn't bad. It wasn't great. You know, like, AVP was okay. The, I mean, the thing holding the first one back was the PG-13 rating. You know, if they had if they'd gone for an R, like they should have, you know, I think it would have actually been, been decent. Because, you know, the guy, the guy who directed it, um, you know, he's not great at making... But he makes entertaining movies. Uh, yeah... I, I had some issues with the final third of that movie, to be perfectly honest. Yeah, I mean, like, running up on the surface of Antarctica with, you know, like, no winter gear and holding, like, an alien skull for a shield and a towel for Yeah, I mean... Anyways. Right. Way better than Requiem, although, you know, they oh. up the gore in that one, and, you know, the the violence... They they tried to overcompensate, but instead, like, if they could have combined the gore and violence from Requiem with some of the ideas from the first one, you could have had a pretty damn good movie. Oh, yeah. I, I would 100% agree. Like, if they had merged those two things into one movie, shaken it up, you know, looked in the magic cue ball and said... Uh, if we separate it, it's going to be murky, but if we combine it and get a better writer, it, it'll be good. I would agree with that. Agreed. Yeah. So anyways, to get to Prey, um, you know, I watched a lot of reviews and people, a lot of people said they liked it. It was better than what they expected, but a lot of people were um, also up in arm. They're like, you know, this is definitely like a girl power movie. And I have to say, you know, after watching it, I would think, you know, like, Nada is, you know, basically just about as far from a Mary Sue as you can get. You know, I don't think she's anywhere near, like, an Ellen Ripley or a Sarah Connor kind of role. But, I mean, you know, there, there are whole scenes of her, like, fucking failing at, like, everything that she's trying to do. You know, there's there's montages of her practicing and training and trying to get good at what she wants to do, you know, be a hunter. So, I mean, yeah, the fact that she's a hunter and she's a great tracker and she knows medicine. Yeah. She's good at a lot of things, but it shows you that like she goes in to do the effort to get good at these things. It's not like she just wakes up one day and she's a fucking Jedi better than, you know, every Jedi who's still practicing the force in the galaxy kind of shit. She, she's definitely not the pro. It, to go with the girl power thing, I, I think because I, I I talked to my friend before we did this, and I was just like, yeah, I just you know, I got like halfway through Prey, and I'm like, I think the lead is awesome, and, and I really do. I, I find her very good actress. I like what they're doing with it, but I hate, and this is a problem more so with horror movies. Although I understand given the timeline, etc., but it's like I hate so often in horror movies when they have the female character that is just kind of like talked down or ignored like her male counterparts are like, Hey, Hey, quiet men are talking here. And then, you know, she's the one that's, Oh, you know, 
ends up being right all along. Like, I don't know if that's how this exactly plays out, but we've seen enough horror where, like, that happens. I'm like, just stop with that. Like, can't, can't we just have, like, you know, both sexes be right every once in a while? Why does it always got to be the girl? Like, uh, and, uh, I, would, that, I mean, I don't, I don't think it is. Like, just finish watching it and let me know if you, you think it is still. But, you know, like, I, I did. I, I, I watched most of it uh, last night, and then I finished up the, like, the last 15 minutes this morning when I got home from work. And, you know, the guy who relieved me this morning was talking, I was, he's like, what are you watching? I'm like, oh, you know, I'm watching Prey, you know, the last Predator movie. And he's like, and he was just like, dude, you know, I, I just couldn't buy into it that it was a girl, you know, doing this. It should have just been guy. And I was like, you know, no, I disagree. Because, like, they went out of their way to show, and like I said, you know, that there's a scene where she's trying to hunt, you know, a deer at the beginning, and she fails, you know, completely. And then there's another scene where um, she's trying to hunt rat, you know, and she and she's not even hunting by shooting a bow. She's hunting by, like, trying to throw her tomahawk at him. And then, you know, she's like, oh, you know, if I... She strips down, you know, a bunch of cord and weaves a rope out of, you know, like, plant fibers and um, ties it to the tomahawk, and then she sits and practices with it for, like... You know, it shows, you know, like a couple minutes in the, the movie, but, you know, the equivalent of several hours. You know, if if nothing else... They should yeah. have been playing the best around, though. <laughs> you know that they should have, because that's what that scene... That's, that was my favorite scene so far, by the way, was her just doing, like, the scorpion go over here, back and forth, back and forth. I, I loved that scene so much. Was, yeah. Uh, and, I mean, and the other thing that I really liked about it was... Like, this is a stupid predator. Oh, God, yeah. Like, this this dude is getting fucked up by, like, a coyote. <laughs> I mean, what the fuck? Yeah, like, I mean, the bear gave him the business. The coyote gave him the business. I'm like, all right, this is not, so. I mean, I, this was, like, 1719, I think. Yes, when, yes. Yeah. So, it's, I mean, to add on to that, you know, when... When she finally actually kills him, and she she actually doesn't kill him, but you know, you'll, you'll see that at the end. He's already had the shit kicked out of him, like a hundred different ways, and it's not like she's fighting him and and overpowering him, you know, or like using martial arts to you know spin him and throw him and shit, you know. He, you know, the, the, like she jumps on it onto him off of a tree and stabs him a bunch of times, but as soon as he grabs her, he just fucking chucks her, you know. It's it's like not even a contest. So, so she doesn't even sweep the leg. That's a shame. no. She well, I mean, she she would try, and it would just be like, thunk. <laughs> <laughs> so, Whenever I hear the word thunk, all I can hear hear is Tyrion telling that story of whoever. So, Remember. I mean, my my basic takeaway was it was pretty good. I would probably you know like I know our rating schemes are different, but I'd probably give it like a B plus, you know, upper eighties, depending upon what kind of, you know, rating system scale you're going off of. But what it got me most excited was that they said that they were interested in doing this kind of premise in different situations, you know, not like a prey to, but like, okay, what if we did like a predator in, you know, like feudal Japan, you know, so you had ninjas and samurais versus the predator or, you know, so yeah, I think that would be fucking really interesting. Those kind of ideas. So, yeah. One thing I, I want to say about uh, 
the lead character, I found her so far. Once again, I'm only halfway through. I find her so much more believable than the you know final girl in Alien versus Predator. I think that's a good thing. Like she, she's earned it at the very least. Like she's worked her ass off, which. Eh, we didn't get that in Alien vs. Predator. We just didn't. You know, and one thing I will say, though, and I don't know if this was just because I was watching it on, on the mobile app on Hulu, but I do remember that when when they were filming it, they they filmed it all in... Um, I forgot what the language is called, but the the uh, Apache language? Yes. Or the yes. Comanche... Whichever, whichever tribe... Comanche, Comanche tribe. The Comanche language. And they, they said they were going to release it you know, with subtitles, and so, you know, I, for the most case, when I'm watching a movie with a foreign language, I'd prefer to watch it with subtitles. You know, especially if it's something where like the dialogue isn't going to be as important as it would be in something like House of the Dragon. Um, yeah, so you just get the the more realistic, you know, uh, takes usually because it's the person speaking their native language typically, and yet when I went to watch it. They didn't have that option at all, and it was just in just in English. So that was what I was going to ask: is did do we know if there's like a DVD Blu-ray release? Of- See, what I'm wondering is, I think they did a theatrical release, so I'm wondering if they they did that for the theatrical release, and then this was like, oh well, you know, people who watch Hulu are stupid. I don't know. I don't- yeah, I, I would have liked it in the native language, quite frankly, because I always watch I watch stuff in English with subtitles because. My hearing just isn't what it used to be, and I watch a lot of stuff late at night, and I can't be too loud because I have neighbors. Yeah, know? I mean, a lot of a lot of the stuff I watch when I'm at work, you know, I only have one earbud in, so I can hear hear right. what's going on at work. So, um, so yeah, there's subtitles there. And again, you know, like uh, I'm doing this with you, and it's midnight my time, you know, and I'll be up for another six to nine hours. So, a lot of the stuff that I watch without my wife and my son, you know, I either have headphones on or I have to keep it down so low that, you know, subtitles really help. So I don't mind watching shit with subtitles. And again, you know, it's usually just better to listen to it in the actual language, which was one of the things I really liked about 30 coins on HBO is that, um, you know, they, they film the Spanish portions in Spanish, but every time they transition to do a different language, they actually spoke that language, you know, rather than like, some movies do where, you know, like it'll all be in English and then, you know, like the German will be in German, but they'll subtitle, but you know, that'll be the the only language that they speak, you know? Yeah. yeah I, I know what you mean. And it was, I mean, you can definitely tell it was the same actor doing, you know, speaking multiple languages as well. So. Yeah. Well, like I said, I will finish it so far. I have no complaints. I mean, I have no idea where I'm expecting rating-wise to go, but I don't see me giving it a negative review, and for me, that's half the battle right there. Yeah, all of... I mean, there were a bunch of really cool set pieces, and all of the really cool set pieces are the shit you haven't seen yet. Fair enough. You know, what this reminded me of in some way is I kept sitting there going... This is everything I wish the film Mohawk would have been. I um I never saw it, so I couldn't compare. But it, I think it's on my voodoo from the. It movie. kind of reminded me. Do you remember that movie Outlander with Jim Caviezel? I never saw it. It reminded me like of a good version of that. 
Fair enough. Uh, yeah. I, so, yeah, I'll, I'll get through it, and I'm mad that I didn't spend the extra six bucks to have ad-free for the month, but I, there's not a lot of stuff on Hulu that I really care to watch uh, film-wise. Uh, to the point, uh, this this is where it got, it got to the point where I was like, I really want to see The Cursed. I haven't watched it yet, but it's on Hulu, but it was on sale for five bucks. I'm like... So I could spend the $6 to get ad-free for the month, or I could own this movie that could potentially be kick-ass. So I bought the movie instead. Yeah, we just we do the package. So, you know, it was only like an extra 3 bucks I think, a month to pick up, you know, Disney Plus and ESPN. So Yeah, I got the bundle. I just got the cheaper variation yeah. of the bundle. So, I mean, well, I mean my, my wife was already doing the, you know, the ad-free Hulu, so, she, you know, adding the extra on wasn't that much more than what the ad free Hulu was. And we don't watch Hulu a lot for like the movies. We, we use it more for, more TV, for TV. Right? Yeah. You know, like, yeah, not too much. I'm watch- she watches it all the time, but you know, like for me, the big one right now, besides this kind of shit is Archer. You know, that's the only thing I can watch it on without getting the FX fucking app. Right. Anyways. Um, yeah, we get, Two weeks left of House of the Dragon, and yeah, in I, about two weeks we're going to be doing you know our time from now we're going to be doing our Halloween tribute to the Brendan Fraser Mummy franchise, and yeah. after that I have no idea what we got on our plate. Well, I have some ideas, but I would like to quickly go over. I've seen six movies since we talked, but realistically, it's going to be a conversation of basically three films. Okay. Um, so last time when we talked, I told you I was watching Black as Night and then didn't finish it because we had to do the podcast. And I wasn't too high on the film, but I wasn't too down on it. Eh. I finished it. It has Keith David in that it. Was, That's why that I was the Urban it. Vampire one, right? Yeah, it's kind of tongue-in-cheek, it's kind of buffy, it's kind of goosebumps, but then they go with the harsh language and the violence, and I'm like, I'm not sure... I I don't even know if they knew exactly what they were going for, but they did it. I found it enjoyable. Um, I, I don't really see any reason why people would hate it. I could see people thinking it's too cheesy, but it was like, I don't know, 90 minutes long. It's on Amazon Prime, if you like Keith David like I do, I would say give it a shot. I I, I think I would watch it again, honestly. Yeah, I know it's beautiful, but I didn't take it out just for you to look at it. <laughs> That's right. Um, after that, I watched Ma with, I think her name's Octavia Spencer. Okay, yeah, I remember seeing the trailers for that when it came out, and it looked interesting. I, yeah, honestly, I thought it looked stupid. I was like, I can't wait to watch this and make fun of the movie. And then, like, I looked at the cast, and Juliette Lewis is in it, and I always like her. Um, she doesn't have a huge role, but she's the mom of the main female character. And this movie really wasn't that bad. Like, I expected it to be, like, a 3 out, out of 9.2. And I think I gave it, like, a mid to high 5. Like, I would watch it again. Uh Octavia does a great job as the crazy girl that got picked on in high school and wants to try to be cool again, but realizes, you know, kids are kids. They're still just dicks. And then she just loses her shit. And 
it kind of spirals, as you would imagine. And uh, I don't know. I, I think the strong acting helped it a lot. Yeah, she's a great actress. So, so I mean, that right there probably gives you at least a point. Yeah, and Allison Janney is in it, but she has like three small, small scenes, but I still like her and Mom, so I was happy to see her. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. If if the trailer remotely intrigued you, I would say give it a shot. If it didn't look anything good that you want to see, I would say just skip it. I, I think that's fair. Would you watch it on? Because, um, I mean, yeah, that was one that I, I thought looked good, but... I watch, I watch on Voodoo. Oh, okay. Anyways, moving on. What's your next one? Um, the last thing that I got to talk about is the Poltergeist franchise, which sounds like I'm going to talk about a lot, but quite frankly, I didn't like two or three. Um, but we are on the 40th anniversary of Poltergeist. I didn't know it was 40 years. Um, God, that makes me feel I didn't so know a fucking lot of old. Stuff. Jesus. Like, so I... I, I knew that Spielberg was involved. I knew uh, to- Toby Hooper uh, directed it, and I didn't like. I, I did a lot of reading because you know the curse. I already knew about the curse. Blah blah blah. But like, there's like people on set like argue whether like Spielberg or Toby was in charge, and like to watch it, you could see both of their influences, and I think that's part of what makes it kind of a masterpiece. Um, it is still holds up. It honestly, like the special effects, yeah, they aren't great. They're from 1982, but it's fun and the acting's not bad. Um, I don't know. It's still a classic to me. And then you know, you you go to two, and here's my biggest issue: is that two basically is like you know the ending to part one and how basically it's because they were over a cemetery, they built all the houses. Well, here's the thing. There was a cult, a doomsday cult, and we're going to have this guy be the antagonist in part two and three. Totally lost. I do remember... Wasn't the Beast kind of cool looking, though? The Beast was cool looking, yes. Because, like, Um, two was was the one that was on, like, HBO when I was growing up and, and, you know, watching... HBO. Yeah, right. One came out when I was like two and a half. And then two, I was like five or six. It was the same kind of thing. Like Jaws one and Jaws two were out, but Jaws three was the one I remember watching the most from being a kid, because that was the one that was on HBO at the time, you know, when I was exactly going through and watching it. <coughs> I do um, remember three kind of being shitty though, but I don't really remember them. And from what I understand, if I cut you off, I'm sorry. Uh, like the remake was just, it was okay. It wasn't, it it could have been done without. All right. So the remake, they switched all the character names. Um, so a lot of people say Sam Rockwell is wasted as a talent. And I'll say this. I don't know if the role was written for him or not. It feels like the role was written for him. Or maybe they got him on. They're like, all right, we got to rewrite this guy's role. But he he did Sam Rockwell things. Um, the mom was kind of funny at times. Um, the little girl, she was really good. Uh, they gave the older sister a little bit more to work with. Um, the special effects, although good, 
don't know, 40 years later, I kind I don't know. I don't know really what I expected, but, eh. I mean, the 1982 effects still worked well for me. Um, it's not a bad reboot, though. That, that, I, the movie got a shitload of negative reviews. Uh, it's it's and, like if you try to reboot a 9 movie and you make a 7. You know, it's a seven yeah. isn't a bad movie by itself, but when you compare it to the original, right? And I guess that's kind of where this lies to me. Like, if I say Poltergeist is a seven and a half, and I say the reboots of six, yeah, of course it didn't live up to the original, but that's okay because there was you know a full generation, generation and a half that may not have ever seen the original. They could have enjoyed this, and it. You you could spend your time much worse than watching. I mean, think of how often it was used as references in other movies and entertainment and shit. You know, and you know, there are kids growing up who never fucking understand why, like, where they're here came from, kind of shit. Yeah, and Zelda Rubenstein, I, I you know, the short lady mm-hmm. from the original. Mm-hmm. She's in all th- the original three. Um, she's fantastic, and they replaced her with this guy that you probably seen something else uh i don't know if he's irish i can't remember what but he he's kind of like one of those um ghost hunter guys as a reality show and they kind of insert him instead of the paranormal psychic that zelda was so they tried something new because they knew they couldn't copy it you know like yes so i don't know I, i i don't have many gripes or complaints there um one final thing I would like to do, just because I don't know why we haven't been doing this all along, and this will just take a couple minutes. I have this game called Slash Cards. I've had it for years now. Um, I played it one night. I was tanked. I thought the questions were hard. I looked at them again. The questions aren't so bad. So my so there's five questions. I won't read you five questions and see how you do. Oh, thanks for putting me on the spot, Kent. Awesome. <laughs> yep. And please don't don't look it up. I mean, some of the stuff's easy, some is hard. Um, all right. One. Name one horror movie in which a bed kills someone. Fuck. Did he right. did he use the bed to kill them in Jason versus Freddy versus Jason? Yes. Yeah, he like he yes. folded it in half and he yeah. folded it okay. <clears throat> while the girl was in the shower. Yes. But so that was the first thing I thought of, and then I felt like an idiot because I'm looking on the back for the answers, and the first suggestion is Nightmare on Elm Street one. Okay, Duh. yeah, right, yeah. But yeah. I still don't consider that. Yeah, it didn't know. seem like the the bed. You know, I mean that's. Literally, yeah. like Freddy. Freddy yeah. did it in Dream World. Yeah. yeah. So, okay. Okay. Next one. A dog, a car, and a rabid bat Cujo. from 1983. Yeah. There you go. All right. Then we get the year one, which, whatever, people. In what year was John Howe's uh, Legend of Hell House released? <sighs> Is that the original version? Like yes. 1957? Oh, you're thinking of 
I think you're thinking of something okay. different. This is the one that had uh, Roddy McDowell oh. in it. Uh, so it was the 70s. 1974? Close, 74. Okay. I mean, nobody cares about dates, so whatever. Okay. This is the one I'm curious if you actually know, because you, know, you remember stuff. What actress played Jamie Lloyd in Halloween 4, The Return of Michael Myers? She was also in Halloween 5, and then she was also in Rob Zombie's Halloween, and she's actually done quite a bit of horror. She did some of the Hatchet movies, See No Evil 2. I will be honest, no. No idea. Danielle Harris is her name. Oh, okay. Yeah, I know who she is. Yeah. And finally, this one should this one's incredibly easy, I think. A psychotic gang of criminals kidnaps, rapes, and murders two teenage girls before unwittingly seeking refuge in one of their victims' homes in this nineteen seventy two film. Last house on the left. That a girl. There or, we go. Poor guy. So I'm, <laughs> Yeah, or yeah, whatever. <laughs> so, I'm, I'm trying I'm trying to be, you know, supportive of women here, damn it. Uh, we're going to do this, if I remember, every podcast, because we get through that pretty quickly, and it's interesting. Uh, I, I, I don't know. All right, thanks, thanks for letting me know. You're going to put me on the spot every single one of these that we do. Hey man, you're always flexing your reading knowledge, and now I'm going to flex my. I have the answers on the back of a card. <laughs> All right. Well, now that we know that that's coming up, I'll look forward to it next weekend or week. Yeah. All right. Um. Well, there you go. We had a really good episode of House of the Dragon, and I think Prey was a decent contrib- contribution to the Predator franchise. Um. Can oh. Aha. Before I forget. Aha. Uh-huh. There's a lot of shit I want to watch this week, because a lot of it just came out last week when I was working. But we have Midnight Club on Netflix, the new Mike Flanagan series based on the Christopher Pike books, which I never read, so I have no idea what... Is Midnight Club a movie? It's a new series, and it's not just a limited series, you know, like all of his other series that he's done has. This is going to be have a season two at least. Okay. All right. Just... Make sure to let me know when you name a movie, because a movie I could get. Hellraiser. The new one that just came out on Hulu. Hey, she's a Disney princess, according to IMDb. Who? Pinhead. And um, Mr. Harrington's Phone, which just came out on Netflix based on the Stephen King short story. And interestingly enough, Werewolf by Night on Disney+. Plus which supposedly is actually really good from all the reviews I'm hearing about it. Uh, yeah, that was actually a conversation that uh, Eric and Joe had. I, I know nothing about it. Um, is it like an old story that I should know? No, he's, he was just like a werewolf dude, you know, because monsters exist in, in the MCU. You know, like Dracula, Blade was a character, you know. And he was just a werewolf who, you know fought the forces of darkness sometimes he was one of the midnight suns who hung out with like morbius and ghost rider and blade and all of those guys okay and now is this a series or is this from, just from what i understand this is just like it's not even a movie length it's like a special as they called it so i think it's about about an hour long is hellraiser a series or a movie Hellraiser's a movie i believe oh 
I thought it was a series. That's why I've avoided it. Now I've got to look that up. But if it's a movie, I will absolutely. Interestingly watch enough, that. my wife fell asleep to it tonight. So I was like, "Well, I'm glad that Pinhead can put you to sleep." Yeah, it's a two. It's a two-hour-long movie, but yes, it is a movie. So that is. All right, so I can watch those three things. Mr. Harrington's Phone, Hellraiser, Werewolf by Night, because everything else you said was a TV series, I believe. Yes. Yeah. So, yeah, I was like, oh, yeah, there's a bunch of horror stuff that came out that I hadn't had a chance to watch. So, all right. There we go. Internet, enjoy your time off, because we'll be back soon. And Kent, have a good night, man. That's right. You too.